Yep, it is Dr. Payne back in the seat and ready to take your phone calls. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You have pain concerns, you have physical concerns, bring them on. We're here to answer the uh, the calls over the next hour till 1 o'clock today. We always look back at some cases that have come across your clinic in the last week or so. What's going on, pal? We do. Good. How are you, John? Good, man. I'm all right. I'm yeah, all right. so, yeah, we do always start the show with uh, some type of a case. Uh, I had a case this week which... Initially seemed like it was going to be non-complicated. It was a gentleman who came in um, complaining of full spine pain, neck, upper back, and low back. The neck originally started about three years ago um, due to a car accident, actually. A week later, he had a slip and fall accident. And so then he, he hurt the rest of his spine in that accident. He's gone through the gambit of testing and specialists that he's seen. He's been getting treatment for a long time, trying Mm -hmm. to get better, heard the show, figured, you know what, let me go in, let me get a second opinion. Uh, Again, based on his history, everything sounded like it was going to be mechanical. And when I say mechanical, I mean just simple muscle joint stuff. Yep. Um, And probably, you know, obviously a chronic component. One of the things that I always do, no matter how... um, I'll use the term benign, it sounds. I always do my full physical exam, and that mm-hmm. full physical exam always includes a complete neurological exam. It's so important. We have so many good tests like MRIs and CAT scans uh, for a lot of issues, but when it comes to neurological stuff, our physical testing is so good, like as as healthcare practitioners, that we can pick up a lot of early signs of any type of early neurological disease. Okay, And so um, I start testing his reflexes. And right away, I note that his reflexes are what we would call hyperreflexive, which means they're really, really good. Um, And so again, not that big of a deal, but still, you'd like to see normal. You never really want to see diminished and you never want to really see too good. Uh, In between Mm -hmm. is always a good sign. So right away, I note that he's got hyperreflexia everywhere. Then I uh, go on to do another test in the ankles, which is called clonus, which is essentially you take the ankle and you jam it upwards, pointing the toes towards the nose. In a normal person, nothing should happen. Mm -hmm. In somebody that has something going on either in their spinal cord or in their brain, something more serious, the foot will actually start tapping back at you. It's called clonus. And so sure enough, I do this and I get a few beats of clonus coming back at me. I do it to the other ankle, same thing. Now that's a good sign. You shouldn't see clonus, but at the very least, if it's bilateral and symmetric, that's a little bit better than just unilateral and not symmetric. Uh, then we move on and I go up to the upper limb and there's something that you can test in the, the hand called Hoffman sign. And it's essentially, you would take the, the middle finger and you slap the, the nail and you're looking for if the thumb uncontrollably twitches. Really? Yeah. Hey, that's bizarre stuff. Very, very common with, uh, patients with like multiple sclerosis and things like that. So again, now I've seen enough of this patient to know that, you know, whatever he's got going on is not just simple mechanical pain. This isn't just a simple joint or Mm -hmm. soft tissue injury. This is something more that's going on. Uh, And again, I only saw this person last week, so we've started him on the path of getting him to get the right testing, uh, another neurological consultation, so that we can get to the bottom of what's going on. And, And there's a couple, well, not a couple, there's more than a couple. There's, you know, there are things that it could be. It could be something like uh, something compressing the spinal cord, something like a cyst, a tumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could also be something in the in the brain itself. Uh, it could be something neurodegenerative, like a multiple sclerosis. Uh, but he just basically sat there and was like, how come no one's ever done this to me? And I didn't even know what to say to him. I just simply said, I, I don't know how to answer that because this is something that anybody could have done to you. He's like, well, the place I'm going for therapy, no one there has ever done it. And I was like, 
I don't know what to tell you. Everybody's trained in this type of stuff. Whether you're a, a physician, a chiropractor, a physiotherapist, you'd be trained in basic level neurological testing. Yeah. And so unfortunately, this got missed for his complaint is about three years. And so who knows? We'll see what it is. And, and hopefully it's nothing horrible and it's something more on the benign side that's going to be much easier to treat. But it was very, very sad to see uh, that there's professionals out there that aren't going through everything the way they need to go through it so that you get the right idea of what's going on with the patient and treat that patient the right way, right? Because I could have looked at that patient and said, yep, yeah, just soft tissue, let's get them in for treatment because that's oftentimes the bias component. You want to do treatment with people. This is not a person that needs uh, physical therapy or manual therapy. This person needs to be assessed for what's going on uh, either in his spine or his brain. And we know for sure based on the testing that it's one of those two areas. And now it's a matter of using the specialized testing to figure it out exactly. So even though you discovered this, chances of him coming back to your clinic with you are not high? Uh, not necessarily. Again, it right. depends on what the cause is. Um, you know, we do have patients, for example, on the therapy side of things who say have things like multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. Um, you're obviously not curing the multiple sclerosis, but there are physical manifestations of any type of disease uh, that, you know, physical therapy or manual therapy can help you to at least manage those things. Uh, we have patients with Parkinson's, same thing. You're not treating the Parkinson's, but you are treating the secondary symptoms of the muscular. Another big patient base that we've dealt with um, is HIV. There's, uh, you know, when you, whenever you have AIDS and stuff, there's, there's a big um, muscular component that goes along with that. And again, you don't treat necessarily the virus, but you are treating the secondary manifestations mm. of the disease, for sure. We'll uh, take a quick break. You want to start calling in. We'd love to hear from you uh, this afternoon till 1 o'clock, 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell, email info at paincarecanada.com. Dr. Payne Show, just getting warmed up right here. Talk radio, AM 640. Get to uh, John and Vaughn. Hey, John, how are you, pal? I'm good. How are you, sir? Good. What's your concern? Um, first of all, big fan. I listen to your show all the time. Good Thank man. You. Um, question, question is for um, Dr. Lou. Okay, um, I've, I've done a lot of testing. I have, I have a lot of pain in my, um, in my body. Okay. Um, went through a colonoscopy, endoscopy, they, they checked, they said I have H, uh, H. pylori, but then they treated it. Uh, there's a lot of pain. Um, my, my physician right now, she, she told me that I have, um, gas problems. Okay. Um, but it's, and plus I'm a smoker. So right now it's so bad that I can't, I can barely stand up to, to shave. And, I mean, and this is pain in your I, abdomen? My abdomen uh, in the lower area. Okay. Um, she she gave me some uh, some pills before for gas, but then it was it felt like it's moving gas around in my body mm-hmm. and in my heart area. I couldn't even move. Like for a few seconds, I, I would have to freeze because the pain was getting so so bad. So I stopped those pills. Um, it's been it's been like this for I don't know about six seven months, but right now it's getting really really worse. So did did anything happen? Sorry? I was thinking of going to the emergency tonight, just just sit there and get some testing done, but I don't know what to tell them. Okay, so let's start with six or seven months ago. Did anything happen out of the ordinary? Uh, no, it's no. just my, my, my back has started. I, I felt like my spine is hurting. Mm-hmm. And then um, my chest my chest has been, um, I felt... I felt like this burning and pain sensation in there. Okay. So, 
So then I, I thought maybe because I smoke, that's what it is. But then um, did some testings. Uh, they said it's not that. It could be just gas. But then now it's so bad that it's interfering with my work, with my life. Okay. So then your kids, your doctor everything. has gone through testing to look for more serious issues, obviously, in the abdomen and chest. Is that right? Uh, I just did... Um, I just did a H, H. pylori breath test. It came back negative. Okay. Um, I did an x-ray. Of? I don't think anything came back on x-ray because she hasn't called me yet. Okay. Where was um, the x-ray? In your abdomen or your chest? Um, well, I think it was for lumbar, but they did it through okay. my abdomen. I don't, I don't know. Okay. What yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, again, if you've listened to the show a lot, you would know that it's it's going to be really, really hard for me um, to know exactly what's going on. Yeah. What I could tell you is that, again, one of the important things in the management of our public health care system is understanding when you should use the right intervention. So mm-hmm. is this an emergency? Likely not, right? So you're going to go sit there. The, the, the job of an emergency room is to determine, do you have something that's imminently dangerous to you that could potentially end your life within the foreseeable future. And if the answer to that is no, they're just going to dismiss you likely without a specific answer because it's not their job to look for the specific answer because a lot of times the specific answer to these uh, types of issues takes a lot more steps to get to. It's not just as easy as saying, yep, here it is, right? So they would look at you. They they may run some testing, especially if you complain of chest pain. They would look at your heart, determine is your heart, you know, at any risk of a heart attack right now, things like that. They may do some uh, standard blood work. As long as everything looks good, they'll likely just say follow up with your family doctor or, or whomever you see and uh, and get it tested from there. What I can tell you, John, is if you're interested, we can definitely um, try to get you into to the clinic. I can try to see you. We can try to go through what's going on, and then I can make some more specific recommendations from that point. Do I think you likely need to go to an emergency room? Again, an emergency room is for emergencies, and if you've been living with this and dealing with it for seven months, I don't know that that's the best place to be walking into because likely if it's not imminent danger to you, they'll just dismiss you and, and send you back home with probably no answer as to what's going on. Does that yeah, make no, sense? The only reason why I was thinking of emergency is because uh, I, I felt like I, I wasn't getting help at this time. Uh, I'm just living with this pain. And yeah. So, no so who have you seen? Just your family doctor? Just my family doctor. Yeah, so there's, again, there's other options. So if, if you're interested, we can try to help you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I would, I, so there is help. So, you know, let, let's try to, to get you in for an assessment, see what's going on. Uh, and then either me or someone from my team, we can we can uh, point you in the right direction. If And again, it was funny because John and I, just before you called in, we were talking about how oftentimes things like, say, a chest pain, obviously, when if you have a patient that complains of chest pain, you would want to rule out anything more serious to do with the heart, obviously, right. and the lungs, things that you know, are vital organs. But a lot of the times, once those things have been ruled out, people tend to live with pain and they're really like, but I don't know what's going on. I have this pain in my chest and, you know, my heart's been ruled to be healthy. My lungs are healthy. So what could it be? A lot of the times, visceral type of pain or pseudo visceral pain is often due to muscular and joint issues that can refer pain to those areas. And that's often dismissed because it's just not 
a, a quantity of life question because it may not kill you, but it, it it will affect the quality of your life, such as John is saying here. So yeah, again, John, come give us a a call and uh, let's book an assessment. Take John, a look that at number one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. You want to call in? We got uh, some time here on the radio station to one o'clock four one six eight seven zero. 6,400 star, 640 on sale. Dr. Payne Show, talk radio, AM 640. 1223, Dr. Payne Show. Yeah, give us a call here at the radio station. We have wide open lines. Our uh, call screener, Tom, sitting there bored. He's on Amazon looking what he can get for his prime that he pays for every month. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You mentioned it just before we went into break, and that is referral pain. It can, yeah. can really be a scary thing if you don't know what it is, right? You think you're having a heart attack. Yeah, for sure. Well, referral pain is essentially... The best example that most people understand of referral pain is the arm pain that's associated with a heart attack. The left uh, arm tingle. The left arm tingle, exactly. And so a lot of things cause referral pains, and referral pains in any muscle uh, can potentially exist. And that just happens to be the referral pattern of the heart muscle itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you can have other things. And in fact, the, the on the other end, conversely, you can have... Uh, vital organs and viscera that seem like it's muscular pain, right? So things like the liver, the gallbladder have been known to refer into the right shoulder. So people, really? Yeah, so people don't know. They, they're they looking at a shoulder pain issue and they're thinking it's just shoulder pain. Could be something else. That's where somebody that's well-versed in pain management understands the relationship mm-hmm. between the viscera and the muscle and the, and the potential cross-referral patterns that exist so that when you're looking at someone, because anyone that I look at with shoulder pain, I'm going to start asking some questions to at the very least identify, could this potentially be uh, a visceral type of issue? And if so, I want to do, I want to tailor my exam to also assess those things. Uh, that way we can rule it out. And, and same thing on the other side, like we were just talking about with the, with the person that just called abdominal issues. Yeah. You want to make sure that it's nothing within the abdomen itself before mm-hmm. you jump to muscle, obviously. And then that's kind of the, the right uh, differential diagnostic uh, procedures to look at things that are most concerning. And then as you eliminate those, get to the things that are least concerning. Uh, because again, those would be more a question of quality of life versus quantity of life. So as an example, in the ad- abdomen, you don't want to just jump to, oh, it's a referral pattern from um, your ab- your abdomen or something right. like the actual muscles. Uh, one of the things that's actually quite common is uh, males with testicular pain. Um, can often, and again, when you have a male with testicular pain, you want to rule out the more serious things, especially between the ages of like 19 to 30-ish. Testicular cancer does tend to uh, be more common in those ages. But another thing that often causes it and groin issues in general is uh, trigger points in the external obliques that can refer down that low. And a lot of the patients that we get just simply have uh, trigger points. And again, you're ruling out the more serious things because of course you have to make sure that the, the person's health is fine, but then you can treat those secondary things. And I've had people uh, um, that have come in with things like that, that, you know, they, they have testicular pain and they've been checked, everything's fine, but there's pain in that area and they're thinking it's local. And then as soon as I go into the external oblique and you find uh, the trigger point, and as soon as you press on it, they Whoa. can they can feel yeah, that referral does. again. And so, uh, you know, from that standpoint, then we tr- you treat where the area of the problem is, not just where you're feeling the symptom. Because, uh, you know, if you were working just in the groin, you wouldn't be solving that issue. You actually have to go after the trigger point. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. It'll work the other way too. For instance, if you have some sort of pinched nerve or something, say in the lower mid-back thoracic area, and you've been having intestinal or bowel concerns, you think you're thinking right away you've got uh, some sort of 
you know, disease, but it, it might not be. It might be yeah. just a nerve thing, yeah? Well, especially when you look at understanding where nerves are coming from in the spine is very important. So the nerves that come out of the neck area, the cervical area, go into the upper limb, and the ones that come out of the lumbar low back go mm-hmm. into the lower limb. Uh, but the thoracic area, that supplies the vital organs, right? So sometimes even things like disc herniations in the, in the thoracic spine, which are more rare than they would be in the low back and the neck, have these weird types of symptoms that are often associated with them where there are more symptoms uh, related to GI issues. So people, uh, it's not uncommon to hear somebody complain of abdominal pain with nausea and vomiting. Th- that nerve is irritated that's going to that area. And so you're getting the same symptoms that you would get in that area if something else was causing that irritation. So absolutely, when you're looking at that area, uh, it is something to want to consider. D- thoracic disc herniations uh, don't present like typical... Uh, cervical spine and lumbar disc herniations where, you know, everybody knows about the sciatica and mm-hmm. everybody knows about uh, the pain in their arm from a disc herniation. And that that seems to be more commonplace. But the thoracic area, um, th- that's a little bit tougher and, and it can oftentimes present in more of a visceral type of pattern. And you, you mentioned the GI tract is, is a weird one. And I know this from experience. And once you have some, you know, it doesn't even have to be years, but a few weeks or months of ongoing issues there, that's when the mind gets into play too, right? And you've talked about that so much as well. Yeah, it becomes well, you know, a Pavlovian response that's after right. a while. Yeah, and so um, one of the big things with the gut area is that it's high, there's a high innervation of nerves in that area, specifically the parasympathetic system, which is we, we often hear about the sympathetic system, which is our fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And the parasympathetic is the area that makes us relax, our neurological system that makes us do. Right now, there's a lot of par- parasympathetic going on between you and I. We're just yeah, we're relaxed. good like that. Yeah, yeah. we're not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> versus, you know, there's not a tiger at the door and we're we're freaking out. But there's high uh, abdo- um, nerve innervation in the, in the gut and the abdomen. And so a lot of the times, even with um, a lot of gut issues, whether it's something that has some type of a clinical finding like a celiac disease, yeah. stress always seems to play a big, big role because of how highly innervated it is with nerves. And so oftentimes one of the wastebasket terms, once we've ruled out everything in the abdomen and we're left with, okay, we know the person has abdominal issues. We don't know what to call it. We call it irritable bowel syndrome IBM. and all that. And that's similar to calling like pain in the body, fibromyalgia. You're just putting a really smart term on it. All it really means is that your stress levels could potentially be affecting your bowel and and creating those types of symptoms. So it's very, very important. Stress is a huge, huge part of anything for sure. We'll take a a short one. You want to call through, got some issues, pain management, all of it. Give us a call. You have about a half hour to do so. We've got some open lines. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. And you can email anytime, info at paincarecanada.com. Dr. Pain Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. It is 1231 yet. Your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Something we've uh, kind of neglected to mention uh, of late, and that is the consultation at the clinic. That's right. Yeah, so anyone, because a lot of people, you know, you may be shy to call the radio show and speak on live Mm -hmm. radio, obviously. But if you call the one 855 Dr. Lou number and you hit option two, option two is a voicemail that gets left specifically for me. And I will uh, do my best to return most calls as soon as possible, mm-hmm. no later than 48 hours. And what that is, is a free consultation. I can have nice. a discussion with you about whatever's going on, uh, figure out what the next steps could potentially be. And that's available to anybody listening to anybody that if you know somebody needs it, 
please, I get lots of calls every week. I'm happy to take more uh, and and at the very least try to point people in the right direction. So just call the one 855 doctor Lou number, uh, hit option two, leave me a voicemail, and I'll get back to you for sure. In the meantime, we'd love to get you on the air here like uh, Frank up in Concord. Hey, Frank, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. How's it going, John? Good. good. What's going on with you? I yell at you sometimes on the Carrasco show. Beautiful. Keep yelling. <laughs> we love it, pal. We love it. What's going on with you? I, I have a problem where... Even if I get out of my car to go into a shopping mall, within uh, 20 yards, I have a, a, a pain uh, about two inches from my left shoulder, from my neck to the uh, left shoulder, left uh, thing, whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, it, uh, it, I can't jog, I can't uh, walk uh, just from this pain, and I'm uh, like a, probably about 80 pounds overweight. Okay. I don't know if that has... Uh, anything to do with it. Okay, so is that 80 pounds overweight something that's relatively new or it's been long-term? No, no, it it's, uh, doesn't have, uh, I don't have any other effects. Just uh, just trying to walk, you know, trying to do my 30 minutes a day. Okay, how, how old uh, are you, Frank? It's a sharp pain. Uh, uh, 58. 58, okay, and this started when? It's been at least a year. At least a year. Did something happen a year ago that you can remember? No, no. I used to play hockey in the in the past, but um, mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, no nothing that happened. And I'm so, a mechanic. Okay, yeah. So I'm bending over, but I don't think that has anything to do. It has more with my back. But sure. And um, I had a question, and now it slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, okay, I will get back to it when I'm when it comes back. But, but so, it's about two inches from my neck to the left. Okay, and it only bothers you when you walk. Only when I walk. Okay, so there's uh, a couple things. Long, maybe less than, you know, 40 yards. It starts right okay, away. Okay, are much, you a yeah. smoker at all? No. Any, I, any I, coughing, I any I, problems like that, or just shortness of breath, or, or just pain? Uh, yeah, some shortness of breath, maybe a little bit too much uh, drinking, but um, no, no smoking. I okay. So yeah, so and no drugs. Yeah, okay. So when I hear that, the the things that I'd want to make sure is anytime there's a shortness of breath and pain in the shoulder area, yeah. we're talking about referral patterns. Uh, lung issues can cause pain into the shoulder mm-hmm. for sure. It's not uncommon. Uh, so that would be one thing to consider. Is there, you know, some type of a lung issue happening uh, potentially, and that's causing the pain? Because then the reason why you'd be feeling good with walking is because you get exhausted, right? And so your lung gets a little bit more tired. Uh, The other thing it could be is just simple mechanical stuff. Oftentimes, what can happen over years, again, because, you know, it doesn't just happen on one day. But if you have something like a shorter leg on one side than another, that means one area of your body is taking on more force than other areas are. And sometimes what happens in the body is it just gets to a point where it's the final straw. And so now you start developing pain in that area. But again, those, Frank, those are things that we would have to obviously look at to be sure. So from my end, uh, just hearing this over the the phone call, I I would think either some type of a lung issue, it doesn't really, you know, and, and not even, I'm not even, you know, saying that that's the more likely cause it probably is more mechanical in nature. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I mean, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I, I go see a chiropractor, and okay. I mentioned that. Okay. And, um, you know, he's uh, squeezing and pinching and, and all that. 
but he didn't uh, see anything with the nerve or anything. Okay, well, Frank, if you're interested and you'd like to do an assessment, we could set that up just so you can get a second opinion from me. We can try to look at exactly what what might be causing that uh, for sure, because I think that would be the the most logical next step. That'll be great. I got your number. Okay, Frank. I mean, there's a guy, I mean, he's a mechanic, so chances are he's wearing work boots. He's bending, yep. he's twisting, he's standing on concrete. He says he's got some weight Physical issues. Physical labor, for sure. late 50s, right? Yeah. It could be, so it, could it be does sound things, very, right? very mechanical, right. but again, I'm trying to take people through my process mm-hmm. of thinking. And the other thing that I would consider there is a lung potential issue. Really? The yeah. other thing is being in a mechanic shop. There's a lot of chemicals in there. So even Brain though dust, he's not a smoker, all kinds of stuff. there's other things that could you be bet. happening. Uh, and so you just would want to make sure. We've had cases where... Uh, you know, and it, uh, this was an interesting case once that it was an incidental finding. They had, uh, uh, the person had shoulder pain uh, due to a work accident. They hurt their shoulder at work. Mm-hmm. And so the shoulder wasn't really getting better. And he was kind of saying, you know, sometimes the shoulder would hurt before the accident, but it was a different pain. Uh, so somebody in my clinic decided to send him for an x-ray, sent him for a shoulder x-ray. On shoulder x-rays, you can see a little bit of the lung. Oh, yeah. Sure enough, what was noticed in the lung? A tumor. And he had no symptoms besides a little bit of shoulder pain. And so, uh, and not to scare anybody listening, like, you know, what's rare is rare and what's common is common. And definitely these things are rare. But when you do hear that type of presentation, like we just heard from Frank, uh, I would want to consider, could it potentially be a lung issue? Because again, going back to the diagnostic skill, let's rule out the most serious and deal with the most benign. Hey, Robert, we'll take it before a break here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's your concern? Uh, yeah, I'm calling on behalf of my dad. He is um, unfortunately on his way out. He's a stage four uh, lung cancer patient, um, and also going through the stages of vascular dementia. Um, now, what we're dealing with is we're finding that he is complaining of um, pain in the kind of sort of in the center of his spine. What we think this is from, because he's not very mobile now, and when he is, he's very hunched over. Uh, so we're wondering if that's creating a tension that's causing that pain kind of in the center of the spine on the back. Yeah. So first off, I'm sorry to hear about that. It, it's obviously very hard for, for anybody yeah. to go through those types of things. One of the things with stage four uh, cancer, and especially in the lungs, is a, a place that cancer often will spread to is the bone. It will metastasize to the bone. When that happens, your bones are at greater risk of fractures. Yeah. And so uh, he may be developing uh, what's called compression fractures, which is essentially when the bone itself, the vertebrae, collapses. And, and when it's metastasized and, it's due, and the, the bone itself is pathological, it doesn't need to be any severe trauma that can do that, even just taking a step. Uh, that's a little too hard can cause those types of things. So that might be um, a potential. It might also be, again, a complication of everything that he's probably going through. Uh, it, it would It's very common when you get to that stage to, to develop a lot of pain complexes due to non- uh, pathological causes, uh, but I would definitely say with with stage four, with it being lung cancer, uh, one of the things that I would uh, potentially consider in that in that scenario is that the maybe the cancer is now metastasized to the spine, and that pathology in the spine is making it easier for it to to fracture fracture in certain areas. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Appreciate it, Robert. We'll take a, a short break. Got some time to call through. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cells. 1240 here. Right till 1 o'clock is where we'll go. The Dr. Payne Show, Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. It is 1244 to 1 o'clock we go. Carmela, 
Yes. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Okay, what's your concern? Go ahead. Um, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. No I'm calling for my dad. There's a number of issues going on. Um, first, I must say that he suffers from asthma. Okay. So he's on puffers and uh, uh, what's the other thing he takes? He's on puffers, all okay. right? And um, he had uh, a white coating on his tongue, which made me believe that it was like a yeast infection. Mm-hmm. I put him on probiotics. That cleared up. However, he's got eyes that always tears. He can't breathe through his nose. Okay. Um, and he always looks bloated, and his stomach looks bloated. And it's not like he, he is a big man, but it's not like he's overweight. He just looks bloated and puffy. Is this relatively all new, Carmela? It's been going on for a couple of years now, but okay. it seems to be getting worse. Has he been checked out at all? He has a respirologist he goes to see. Okay. Um, the family doctor uh, every two months. Okay, and what have they said? He's a diabetic. Oh, he's also diabetic, okay. Diabetic, yes. Yeah. Um, um, and I just, uh, yeah, I just see the problem worsening rather than getting better. And I'm wondering if there's something that is really quite simple that's causing this. And to me, all I keep thinking is maybe a yeast overgrowth. And if it's that, how do we go about detecting it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure it is that. The unfortunate part with any, like, lung disease, how old is your dad now? He's 83, and actually, uh, it's been two months now, and he's had um, lung x-rays. Mm-hmm. Just having a team of dogs hanging off his shoulder. That's how painful it is. I missed the last part. I heard, yeah, I you heard cut that. out there for a sec, Carmel. Yeah, there's Sorry. a call coming in. He's saying that he's been having pain in his shoulder, but he's had chest x-rays. Yeah, okay. And, and that hasn't shown anything ominous, so... Has he had a CAT scan? No. No. Okay. So you, usually the gold standard with anybody with lung disease type of stuff, and and I know this stuff well because my mom uh, has COPD, and uh, and I work um, closely with her respirologist to try to to manage it. You would want to get uh, things can be missed on X-ray for sure. It's not the gold standard. Uh, so an, uh, a CAT scan would be the call uh, keeps coming in. Yeah, the, right. the the CAT scan would be, uh, I think, the gold standard to go at and try to figure out what's going on. Uh, the the unfortunate reality about most lung pathology is that um, you can try to slow down the progression, but oftentimes it gets worse with time. Obviously, or, uh, and the other thing is with the diabetes. As is the diabetes controlled well? It's controlled. Yeah. Okay. So, what are his averages like? Like, is he? Well, it, it could be better, but uh, yeah, he so... fluctuates from seven to ten. Yeah. So, so that's not very well controlled, no. right? So, so that's very dangerous when you have high blood sugar levels. Uh, that's corrosive to a lot of things in the body, including the nerves. Uh, and so that may be uh, a component of it all that can lead to other vascular issues, such as you're saying, when people start to develop uh, swelling, it can happen in their abdomen and other places. It's often a sign of some type of a congestive heart failure, like things are starting to become tougher for the heart to work. Uh, right. And it sounds like there's like a complex case going on here. Yeah. Uh, but I would definitely say the next uh, next logical step, in my opinion, would be a CAT scan of the lungs. Uh, to look at those types of things and and again ruling out the the most serious potential causes and not necessarily like I'm not really sure the yeast what that could be I've never really heard of anything like that okay. uh, um, so you know 
I would say that it's probably the complications of everything going on. And, you know, one of the things that he could do right off the bat is try to get that blood sugar under control, yeah. which means cutting out, you know, the, the sugary stuff in his diet is going to be very, very important. Okay, wonderful. Well, okay. thank you for your advice. No problem. Thank you, uh, Carmelo. We'll squeeze in uh, Shane here before we break. Hey, Shane, hello. Hi. Hi. What's your concern, Shane? Um, my mother just came from PEI. She found out two weeks ago that she has stage four lung cancer. It's obviously inoperable. Mm-hmm. And we have family that lives close to Oshawa. So they want her to stay there for now until she sees a doctor to find out whether or not she'll be staying in the hospital. But I, did, I thought maybe like Princess Margaret would be better. And I was just curious if you know anything about like the treatment and the doctors. Uh, I, I believe it's called Lakeridge mm-hmm. Hospital in, in Oshawa. And I was just wondering like, you know, would there be a preference like St. Margaret's or Princess Margaret's or the hospital in Oshawa? I don't know anything specifically about the, the hospital in Oshawa. Obviously, the University Health Network hospitals are some of the best uh, here in Canada, let alone the world, right? So uh, I, the one thing that I can tell you for sure is I, I think those better treatment centers are often more important when something, again, is more treatable. Uh, the unfortunate reality about what you're saying is if it's stage four and it's been determined to be inoperable, uh, a lot of a lot of the treatment going forward is just more about comfort for the patient. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I think any hospital would be suited to do that. But I would encourage you to do your own research on that. I'm not really sure about the one in Oshawa. I know really nothing about it. So I, I, I don't want to comment on that. But obviously, uh, University Health Network hospitals... Uh, you know, they're great. There's there's nothing better that we have here. So uh, if that's an option and you think, and, and again, you make, as a consumer, you make that informed decision that you would prefer to have uh, your mom there, then, uh, you know, it's it's also a discussion with her doctors and the, whoever the treating oncologist is and those things to figure out what is the best uh, facility for her to be at. Yes, because she has, she has appointments with a, like a, well, a bunch of doctors coming up next week, all in Oshawa. Like she's gotten here and I uh, saw the family doctor right away, so he's referred, I guess, her out there. So maybe it w- I could see what they have to Sure, say. yeah. And I know most hospitals, like if they're, hospitals know their strengths and their weaknesses because not every right. f- hospital is, is good for cancer. Not everyone is good for heart issues and, and things like that. They will refer to where they feel is, is best. So if you're speaking to someone uh, and they feel that your mom being down uh, in Toronto at one of the University Health Network's hospitals is better, I likely think they would probably make that recommendation. So yeah, I, I encourage you just speak with them and see what they have to say and make an informed decision with you, your mom and, and whoever. But um, good luck with everything. Appreciate the call, Shane. We'll uh, take a short break. 416-870-6400. Uh, star 640 on cell. few minutes to go here. You want to get a call in, this would be the time to do it. The Dr. Payne Show right to 1 o'clock. Talk radio, AM 640. Free consultations indeed when you call that number. Email as well, info at paincarecanada.com, as you just said. A few moments left here. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on your cell. Jay, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. What is happening? My problem is is related to my bowels. Mm-hmm. I got uh, large uh, bowels movement, but they're um, you, you, I can't determine when I'm going to go to the washroom. I, I eat good foods night and day, and uh, I could go first thing in the morning or late in the day. If I'm out doing shopping or something, then it's embarrassing. It's very difficult for me to move quick enough to make a washroom, and. Uh, 
I, I guess the biggest thing I can tell you with this bowel problem is that um, it's considered a bowel syndrome. IBS. Of yeah. sort. And uh, anything you guys can do so I could kind of signal my head that it's going to happen within the next 15 minutes mm. or control it through my be- my eating habits. <laughs> I'm trying to get it in quickly. My eating uh, different foods, different kinds, whatever. But I, nothing seems to work. And this has been going on for a few years, and it kind of spoils my day because I can't seem to plan for it at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so for sure, if it's been determined to be something like an irritable bowel syndrome, then oftentimes, like I was saying, the stress component is a big component. So we have to remember that treatment for a lot of issues doesn't just include the physical treatment. So there's probably not a lot that can be done from a physical perspective, like whether you change your foods and things like that, because if it's caused by something like stress, then maybe working with a psychologist may be the next best logical step uh, so that you can try to control the stress levels, do some cognitive behavior therapy. And again, I'm not a psychologist, but these are the types of things that I would recommend for something like this. It does work. Uh, that, that you go out there and you get the, the mind treated because what whatever's happening in the mind is having an effect on the rest of your body. And so, again, going back to where we started the show with, um, you know, if there's a problem uh, in the shoulder, but it's coming from the liver, well, you don't treat the shoulder, you treat the liver. We got to understand that the mind is the same thing. It's just another organ that we have. And if the problem may potentially be coming from the mind, we got to treat the mind. And, and the best way to do that is with uh, some type of psychological intervention. Well, I think that's very, very good. And, I, and I'll stress that with my wife. Okay. She's a beautiful lady, lover and all that kind of stuff. But she's difficult to live with. <laughs> so, okay, that's need, married life, brother. Yeah, you need a psychologist and a social worker. <laughs> <laughs> a relationship counselor. It's so true what he said. You know, once he's, it may have, may have manifested just as a physical problem, but after a while, now the stress of him, you know, I can't go out. How can I go out? I right and, see, and right away, it, you're triggering it. Exactly. And what is that? That's psychological. You bet. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a negative feedback loop right. where there's nothing ever uh, to stop it. And so now... It, it, you know, I've had people who, uh, one just reminds me of something else, patient had developed uh, like a vertigo and it was really affecting mm-hmm. him when he was driving. Uh, vertigo's gotten totally better, but he's still sometimes with certain areas afraid to drive. And what is that? That's psychological, yeah. right? That's You have to be able to get over uh, that. And, you know, one of the things, again, is the cognitive behavior therapy. And you have to try to introduce... Dive in there with it. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of these issues, uh, it's a thing I recommend a lot with people that I deal with, with chronic pain issues, fibromyalgia, is they're not treating their minds. They're so worried about how do I treat yeah. my body? How do I treat my body? It's like your body's not the problem anymore, right? Yeah. You now, And again, we just have to look at the mind as another organ. Yep. It, we wouldn't find it strange if someone said, oh... Uh, your arm pain is from your neck. I'm going to try, treat your neck. So you'd say, yeah, okay, no problem. It makes logical sense. But somehow if we say it's your mind, that, that that organ is the problem. It's like, whoa, you know, like we have to get over that stigma and really understand how important the mind is in everything, including pain management. Back in here next weekend. Looking forward to it. In the meantime, the number one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, one eight five 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 doctor Lou. Book your free consultation. Get in, see the doctor. It is info at pain. CareCanada.com through email. The Dr. Payne Show. Till next weekend, talk radio, AM640.